Welcome back, everybody, to Big Ideas on the Go. I'm thrilled to have with us uh, a guest from, uh, from France. We have Florence Reynal uh, with us, who um, works for CANIL, uh, the, the privacy regulation body in France. So Florence, I uh, would love to hear a little bit about um, your career path in, in privacy, and maybe you could tell our audience a little bit about what you do for, for CANIL. Hi, uh, hi, Dimitri. Thank you so much for for inviting me. Um, it's an honor to be to be with you today. Um, yes. So, um, I in fact I I started working on privacy um, in uh, in in New York back in two thousand uh, at a law firm uh, uh, the law firm of Ernst and Young. Um, it was um, it was a very interesting time period because it was the beginning of the of the e-commerce of the e-revolution. Uh, so it was a, a very dynamic uh, moment with startups popping up every day in, in the city of New York. Um, and over there, I participated in the in the launch of the privacy line of services at U.S. and international level. So it was a a, a great, a really a great moment. Um, so now I'm uh, I'm at the CNIL. I'm in fact uh, advising uh, uh, the the chair of the CNIL on EU and international life affairs. Uh, concretely speaking, uh, what I'm doing uh, on a daily basis, if uh, if I'm, I may say, it's I, uh, I'm I'm coordinating with my my team the the, the position of the institution on a. On, on, on any subject uh, with an EU and international dimension. So very concretely speaking, uh, uh, we, uh, we are uh, with my team uh, following and participating uh, in all discussion uh, of, uh, uh, of international fora or, or, or European fora working on, on privacy. So for example, we, we uh, we follow the work of the OECD, of the Council of Europe, of the uh, the Global Privacy Assembly, so the you know the network of uh, of uh, data protection authorities around around the world, and of course uh, we are working a lot on EDPB um, at EDPB level, so we're following the all the 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 subjects um, covered by this um, new EU EU body. Uh, so the European Data Protection Board, to be to be maybe more clear on what means EDPB. Um, so I so so that's that I would say uh, uh, the uh, most uh, the, the the biggest part of my of my job, and I also uh, uh, represent the CNIL uh, abroad. Uh, uh, and prepare, I'm also uh, preparing. Uh, uh, the visits of our chair uh, abroad, uh, uh, the visit of foreign delegation at the CNIL. So it's it's a very very interesting, uh, very interesting role, very rich, uh, very complete also because uh, um, we are working on legal issues, of course, but also um, there is also a PR aspect uh, with policies. So we are working also on strategy. Uh, so I mean, it's um, it's 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 very very interesting. 
You know, it sounds like quite a quite a broad and uh, sweeping role. You know, I want to talk about uh, some of the specific uh, working party initiatives that uh, you're undertaking. But maybe before we, we do that, I do want to ask you a little bit about uh, the past two years. So this past Monday uh, was the two year anniversary of, of GDPR. I'd love to get your perspective uh, of how that has impacted the, the thinking and role of privacy in France. Uh, and how you foresee that evolving over the course of the next two years? Um, yeah, thank you. You're right. I mean, it's a very uh, uh, important uh, moment, uh, this uh, two-year anniversary. Um, in fact, um, we have been working uh, quite hard at the EDPB level on, uh, on uh, in a certain way, uh, a state of play, um, uh, about um, where we are right now about with the GDPR, uh, you you can find, uh, in fact, our uh, the, the kind of uh, uh, I mean, statements that uh, we published. I think it was in February, uh, mid February, um, where we um, we um, expose them um, what um, we think has been a. Uh, success uh, with the GDPR and where we uh, uh, we need where there is room for for improvement. Um, it's um, in fact this exercise that we did in February was a, a contribution uh, from uh, from the EDPB to the to the uh, the review that is being. Uh, uh, done currently by the European Commission, and uh, uh, the Commission should publish pretty pretty soon uh, its uh, its uh, position. Uh, so it was uh, it was in fact our contribution to to for their for their work. Um, and so um, definitely, we think that the GDPR uh, is a success on on many aspects. Uh, uh, first, for the people, uh, for the individuals. Um, GDPR has really concretely reinforced uh, their rights uh, because it uh, it puts truly the individual at the center of of, of the digital regulation, and uh, I can say from a CNIL perspective that we see it concretely uh, every day uh, with the the increase of complaints that we have from data subject. Um, so we, we we can really feel that they are. Uh, uh, aware of the of the modalities uh, um, to exercise the rights, at least with us, <laughs> we can see it. Um, we uh, we recorded uh, approximately fourteen thousand complaints for two thousand nineteen, I think. So it's an increase of uh, almost thirty uh, percent um, compared to uh, two thousand eighteen. So it's a lot. Uh, and we also receive uh, uh, something like one uh, one fifty hundred thousand phone calls a year, and we have approximately eight million uh, visits uh, a year. Um, sorry, it, it's numbers, it's figures. I, I don't know if it's uh, very useful, but it, it gives uh, an impression, uh, an idea of uh, uh, the way we are contacted by uh, by the public, either to to get some information or or, or to or to uh, issue um, or to size the CNIL for a complaint. No, um, I was yeah, just going to say those numbers are actually quite dramatic, especially if you think about the population of France having over uh, a million kind of engagements is is, is sizable. 
Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, also, uh, uh, we expect you know to the, the number of phone calls, which can be uh, uh, can uh, uh, be a little bit strange. This kind of uh, of, uh, of figures, but it's it, it's really a, a drastic, drastic, dramatically uh, big increase for us uh, compared to uh, to what what was what we received before the GDPR, so before two thousand eighteen. So that's the first point. That's really with respect to, to data subjects, so to individuals. And after, uh, we think also that um, GDPR, um, and it's, it's particularly true right now, um, uh, shows also that it was uh, uh, adjustable or adaptable to, to new technologies. And, and so that was a, an important element to, uh, to have, um, I mean, to be able to... Uh, 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 get at the end a text that was technological, uh, technologically neutral, um, and that was able to uh, to apply to uh, any new emerging technologies. Uh, and we see it uh, also every day. We 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 have a you know project coming from uh, uh, from. Uh, uh, startups uh, from from IT companies. We can see it right now with the the COVID nineteen crisis, where we have just worked uh, on a new app for uh, for French uh, people, uh, and uh, we can see that uh, the GDPR principle are, uh, are 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 fit for for uh, uh, for new technologies, and so that was that was uh, that was an important point. Um, also, uh, uh, of course, uh, the frameworks provide for uh, increased investigative and, and corrective powers for us, for authorities. And uh, that's, uh, that was also something that um, was necessary, especially, for example, for, for the CNIA, uh, before we didn't necessarily have the same possibility in terms of uh, uh, powers and uh, of, of sanctions. So, um, so uh, definitely for, for, the, for the DPA, it's an important uh, uh, change and it's also important because it um, provides the same powers, the same competence uh, among data, among Europe uh, for data protection authority. And before it was not necessarily the case, uh, we had some um, uh, differences, divergence uh, between uh, uh, authorities in Europe. So that's important that now we have exactly the same, uh, uh, the same. Um, uh, level of competence and uh, and uh, and of um, of powers, um, and also there is this uh, cooperation and consistency mechanism. So, so the new governance model to cooperate uh, between uh, authorities uh, that uh, also uh, was absolutely necessary in order to be effective in terms of uh, enforcement. Um, and so right now we are uh, experiencing, experiencing this system, especially the one-stop shop system. So the system where you have a lead DPA in charge of a case and that coordinate uh, its action with uh, other authorities that are concerned by the case. Um, and so today we, uh, uh, today, sorry, in, in, in 2019, uh, I don't have necessarily the number for 2020, uh, but we had something like uh, uh, around 1,000 cases on our international internal system, the, the system of information that we share with all the data protection authorities. Um, 
and so um, and and approximately I think uh, around 80 final de final decision with uh, respect to uh, cross border cases. That's also cases that we uh, we are sharing uh, at uh, EU level with other DPA. Uh, so of course it's 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 a beginning. <laughs> uh, we are in a learning curve, but it was a, it's a, it's a very interesting. Exp um, uh, collaboration uh, and, and not only interesting but absolutely uh, necessary uh, and so on a daily basis we are in contact with uh, our counterparts in, in the EU and we are working on uh, uh, concrete uh, complaints uh, uh, cases uh, that we um, on which we exchange and on which we take decision all together so it's uh, definitely uh, something that is a uh, um, um, I mean, necessary, necessarily, and, and, and a very important uh, feature uh, of the GDPR to have this uh, possibility to uh, better organize our, our, our cooperation. So, maybe uh, touching on that, you know, let's talk about the specific example of what happened uh, in terms of the fine around Google, the $57 million uh, euro fine. I'm curious about, you know, maybe getting a bit of background on that, but also. You know, as you discussed, kind of cooperation and how that's kind of been the emphasis uh, in the last uh, little bit. Maybe you could talk about, you know, what, what cooperation there was with other DPAs, uh, a little bit about the decision. As much as you could share would be great for the audience. Yes, thank you very much, Dimitri. Uh, well, so yeah, the Google case, and it was an interesting one because um, we got it, uh, in fact, on the 25th of May. <laughs> Uh, 25th of May and 28th, in fact, we receive, uh, just to give you a little bit some background about the case, huh? um, we receive um, a group complaint from the association uh, None of Your Business and La Quadrature du Net. Uh, La Quadrature du Net was mandated by 10,000 people uh, to refer the matter to the CNIL. And in the two complaints, in fact, the, the association reproached uh, Google for not having a valid uh, legal basis to process personal data of their users uh, for their services, uh, of the user of their services. Um, and so we observed two types of breaches. The first one was a violation of uh, the obligation of transparency and information, and then the other one was a violation of the obligation to, to have a legal basis for ads personalization processing. Um, so on the first breach, it was found that the information provided by, by Google uh, was not uh, easily accessible for, for users, that the, the general structure of the information chosen by the company uh, was not uh, enabling uh, to comply with the GDPR. And also for the second uh, breach, so the, on the legal basis, uh, it was considered that uh, the content was not validly, validly, validly obtained uh, for several reasons. But then the, that the information was really diluted in several documents, and it was not uh, easy for the for the user to, to just to be aware and to get the information. Um, so yes, it was a strong uh, financial penalty of uh, 50 million euros. Um, the, with respect to uh, to the cooperation, we had a exchange of of course with our counterpart. Uh, here it was a. Uh, not a one-stop shop uh, procedure because at this time Google didn't have a, a main establishment uh, in Ireland, uh, so it was uh, it was under the competence of uh, of the CNIL, 
Um, so, well, yes. So that was that was a uh, an, an important uh, an important case for us, of course. Okay, that's, that's terrific, uh, and obviously, I think super interesting as we're starting to see uh, the evolution of GDPR kind of manifest through the actual execution of some of these fines. Uh, I am curious. You know, you mentioned a couple of things uh, so far on this podcast, not only about the Google fine, but also just in terms of the amount of engagement from the French uh, population. Um, what in your mind is the most successful part of GDPR uh, so far? The most successful part, but I, I think I, yeah, in a certain way, I, I already uh, uh, replied to, to it in the sense that, uh, again, uh, we think that um, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's a text that, that provides uh, data subject individuals with the right tool to fight for their for their digital life, and and it's a, it's a real improvement compared to the old regime, the the European directive. Even if there was already a good a good baseline for for fundamental rights, it's definitely it it reinforce and raise raise the bar. Um, so that's that's uh, again a very important element. Also, what I also I said about cooperation, uh, it's it has changed the way we cooperate with our counterpart in the EU, um, and um, it uh, it uh, uh, it helps uh, to develop a common uh, European culture and the way we uh, we enforce the GDPR and uh, the way we interact together. Um, uh, and that's uh, again very important. It's a, it's um, another point also that uh, I, I wanted to share with you is the, the international dimension of the GDPR. Uh, we we see that the GDPR is uh, uh, being used outside of the EU, uh, uh, not not necessarily as a model. It might be a, a little bit too strong, but uh, in, in other. Uh, uh, governments are using the, the GDPR uh, to draft their own um, law or, or their own uh, uh, reg legal regime around privacy in their country. And uh, we think that it's uh, a very, uh, a very uh, important element because it helps to, um, I mean, to raise the standard at international level for data protection. And as we see that uh, uh, privacy is becoming more and more a global issue, it's important that uh, we share at uh, international level the same, uh, the same values and the same principle as much as possible. So we see that uh, the GDPR is, uh, again, uh, being a kind of um, um, an, an interesting example uh, used by, uh, by, uh, by other countries than, than in the EU. And we have a lot of interaction uh, with uh, non-EU um, countries. Uh, I mentioned at the beginning that uh, part of the, of the role of the international team is to uh, organize uh, uh, meeting and, and exchange with uh, uh, foreign delegation and we have more and more requests from a country outside uh, again outside of the EU to meet to understand what we are doing how we are organized uh, they are still uh, uh, very interested in the the, the, the CNIL uh, structure uh, how we work you know like I would say from a purely organizational point of view not necessarily linked to the GDPR but and and they are also interesting on the uh, of course, on the on the, the uh, or, or, or 
or principles, I mean, the, uh, and, and the way we, we apply them uh, at national level. So just to say that it's also important, the, the, um, um, the dynamic, in fact, of the GDPR, uh, not only in the EU, but at, uh, at, international, uh, at international level. Um, finally, um, I'm thinking about the company and the entity that uh, apply the GDPR. Um, we, uh, we see really a, a, a good appetite. Uh, of course, it's a, it's a complicated text, but uh, we, we see company really uh, trying uh, to, uh, put, to, 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 to use it. Uh, also, what is very, uh, very uh, important to underline that we see more and more company uh, using the, B, the the GDPR not only uh, as a kind of a mandatory ob uh, obligation, uh, something like burdensome that uh, uh, needs to be done, but um, uh, more than that, as a kind of uh, uh, element that um, is, a, is a kind of, uh, would be a, a value on the market that, uh, uh, that can uh, be a competitive advantage. Uh, we really see that more and more, uh, and we think that it's important that, um, in fact, to to use also this uh, GDPR as a um, as a market advantage. Uh, it's uh, it's also uh, interesting to 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 see that. Um, um, well. SMEs, uh, because for them it's not necessarily easy to, to comply with uh, such a, a text, uh, are also very uh, willing to, uh, uh, to comply and we are really trying to um, develop uh, tools, uh, uh, guidelines, um, very concrete elements and instruments in order to help them. We have done a, a quite a huge work at the CNIL to, for SMEs. And what we are also trying to do is to do that with them. So, in fact, to, to develop things, but together uh, in an open dialogue uh, in order to really to be um, um, adapted, you know, to what's going on on the ground and uh, not to be just in a babble tower in a theory, but uh, in a theoretical uh, uh, mood, but really to, uh, to develop things very concretely uh, uh, together. Yeah, you know, we, we hear a lot more from organizations that we deal with at Big ID uh, that see GDPR and privacy more broadly, uh, to your point, as not just a compliance burden, but really as an opportunity uh, to provide more transparency and accountability to customers as a business advantage, I think, to your point. Uh, what's also, I think, interesting about uh, your comments is that, you know, similar to the U.S., I think data rights are at the center of the regulation, but I think maybe a bit different from the US is just the degree of cooperation there is both between the countries, the member states uh, within the EU, but even as you say internationally. And maybe I think in, in the US as a, as a point of contrast, it does seem uh, that states um, and even the federal government are, are kind of on their own a little bit in terms of introducing initiatives. So that is interesting in terms of just the, the mindset uh, of Europe um, in, a, in a contrast to, to maybe the Americas. Um, you know, I am curious also, in addition to kind of what has been successful about GDPR, such as the individual data rights and, and the cooperation, um, where do you see the gaps today? Uh, what has to be changed or done um, that hasn't been done yet? I'm curious about what you have to say on that. 
Um, on the gaps, I think, um, well, we, with, I think we should um, uh, continue our efforts with respect to, to SMEs. Um, and that's, um, even if we have already done uh, a lot, we, I think we should continue to, 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 to help them on the road. Uh, also, with respect to um, uh, individuals, um, uh, again, as we see, they are really using uh, their rights, but uh, maybe we should uh, uh, here as well uh, continue to uh, uh, make the GDPR uh, uh, concre much concrete, you know, and, and, and to give them, um, uh, to develop tools for them so they can really feel comfortable uh, with the GDPR and find it uh, easy to do. Um, it's not necessarily that easy when you are not a privacy expert. So, of course, there are still a, a room for improvement uh, for about awareness, uh, about, um, about, again, uh, concrete instruments uh, uh, that can be uh, that can be done for for the individual so they are uh, they can uh, uh, exercise things uh, in a, in a very uh, uh, easy easy manner uh, with respect to um, cooperation with our counterparts uh, of course here as well we, we there are things that needs to that that needs to be improved that's things that you can also see in our uh, this contribution I was uh, talking about coming from the EDPB um, on the GDPR, uh, where we say that um, we, uh, I mean, we have also identified things that can uh, uh, that can uh, that can be uh, improved, like for example, patchwork of national procedures or practices uh, that can have an impact on uh, on the cooperation me mechanism. And so we say that uh, definitely we need to uh, to work on possible solutions to overcome uh, th those challenges and to ensure a, a common application of the key concept of the uh, of the cooperation procedure between us. Um, we also um, call the Commission to 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 monitor uh, whether national procedure uh, help for the. Uh, or, or, or can uh, have an impact on the effectiveness of the cooperation mechanism and also the legislature. So there are, of course, rooms for, for improvement here as well about um, on the way we cooperate uh, at EU level. Uh, we plan to work, uh, we have already, in fact, uh, started uh, since uh, a long time to work on, on that uh, at EDPB uh, level, but we are continuing our, our, uh, to develop internal guidelines and tools uh, for us to, you know, to better cooperate. Uh, it's true that it's a, it's a change also on the way we, we work. Uh, it's, uh, I guess, one of the most, maybe the most sophisticated system that exists today uh, uh, in the world about... Uh, uh, and uh, system of cooperation between data protection authorities. Uh, so it's uh, well, we, you know, we are at the beginning, but uh, but we are confident that uh, we will uh, at the end uh, succeed. Yeah, no. Look, I, I think just given the short amount of time, two years um, since uh, the legislation came into effect, it is impressive uh, just the degree to which, again, it's taken hold inside of Europe and more broadly internationally. I think using kind of uh, Europe as, as a guidepost for, for other countries. Uh, I also think, you know, clearly some of the um, Article 29 Working Party uh, 
you know, development of guidelines and so forth has been super helpful. But, you know, as we look even further into the future, you know, I am curious. So it sounds like right now, the next couple of years are um, building out some of the, some of the kind of cooperation models, uh, providing uh, deeper guidelines on things like cookie consent. But what does it look like 10 years from now where uh, GDPR will be a decade old? You know, where do you think privacy goes from there? Do you think it's going to be, baked into every every individual's just perception of expectations from, from corporations? Will it evolve into more around data ethics? Uh, I'm curious uh, on, your, on your kind of um, uh, crystal ball for a decade from now. Oh, uh, well, that's, that's a difficult one. <laughs> um, well, yes, of course, yeah, with the... the uh, ideal uh, world would, would be to to have uh, all the uh, those rights and uh, principles and obligations really embedded in our in a daily uh, in our daily life, you know, uh, without uh, us noticing it. Uh, uh, privacy by design for that is absolutely a, a, an essential principle, so that we 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 can have um, uh, tools, uh, apps. Uh, uh, technologies that are in fact or, already compliant when they are used by uh, by uh, in the market uh, on the market um, and uh, just a, a, a smaller point um, uh, f just an example in fact an illustration uh, we we have uh, with the covid crisis uh, uh, we um, we had been working very 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 hard at the clear uh, on the all, all uh, different type of issues raised by the, this uh, strange situation. We have been working on, uh, uh, of course, on the uh, app uh, developed by our government, uh, what is called, uh, uh, that is called Stop COVID, um, but also on information system uh, for patient monitoring or for uh, the organization of the health system uh, in France uh, respect to the, to the COVID-19. Uh, we have worked on drones uh, used by the city of Paris uh, to ensure compliance with social uh, distancing measures. We have worked on uh, thermal portal. We have been working on the on uh, remote uh, working, you know, working remotely and all the questions that it raises, especially by using some um, visio system. Uh, I mean, so there are many issues. Also, I'm thinking about the research, also scientific research. We have worked, so we are, we are getting many, many authorization every day uh, from uh, from different actors in the, in the field of health. Uh, um, to, 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 to obtain an authorization to do some research on COVID-19. So I, we have been under pressure for, uh, uh, for the past uh, few weeks, uh, but it has been very interesting because I think we, we showed that uh, we were able to deliver on time, that we were agile, and that we were um, able to, um, uh, I mean, to respond to all those uh, very tricky issues, uh, uh, um, I think, in a, in a very... Um, I mean, very quickly, but also uh, uh, with a, 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 a good level of, uh, you know, of uh, uh, reach uh, and, uh, uh, in, um, how can I say that, very qualitative advice uh, on, on that. Uh, and I think for 10, in 10 years, sorry to go back to your first question, uh, to your question, but 
um, it's also what we need to show uh, for as DPA is that we are we, we are able to handle this kind of situation where uh, we we have to um, to take a position in a uh, in a constrained constraint manner. Um, we have been working also on COVID nineteen at, at EU level with our EU counterparts a lot, and we have delivered already. A, a, an advice on a guideline, sorry, on geolocation and tracing tools. We are working on guidelines on scientific research and also on the, um, uh, all the, 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 the tools to work at, uh, at uh, teleworking, in fact. Uh, so, I mean, I, I guess that it's something that um, we need to, to get used to uh, more and more. Uh, and um, in the past, uh, uh, it's true that we, uh, we we did a lot of guidelines, but it took it took us a, a long time to do it. But now with this kind of situation, we have to again we have to show that we are able to do it and to do it also with our 20, uh, 27 uh, uh, counterparts, uh, as we have also the supervisor, supervisor uh, that is a part of the uh, of the equation. Um, for um, so I, I guess also that that's, I would say that's more on, on, on the I, I mean, advise, advising role on the enforcement, on enforcement role. Uh, I guess that, uh, but I'm talking also about a lot about Europe and international because that's my field, of course. But I guess that um, we will see, of course, a, a more robust uh, network of privacy enforcement authorities uh, or at EU level, more much more integrated, but also I guess at international level. Also, again, the subject is global, and we will uh, we will need uh, to develop cooperation also at uh, international level. That's things that we are already doing, and that. But I guess that it will need to be maybe more structured in order to be also efficient in the way we answer to. Um, to, uh, to, to, to issues at, uh, at international level that we, we managed to do it very quite quickly, uh, but beyond uh, EU also at international level, that we can have a position at international level on those big issues um, quite, um, quite um, in, uh, in a very efficient way. Um, I guess that that's more like also kind of a dream, <laughs> but uh, I hope that in ten years uh, we will manage to get a kind of global treaty on data protection. Uh, there is already uh, today the uh, Convention 108, and maybe you have maybe you have heard about it. It's a convention uh, from the Council of Europe uh, that is um, from the EU point of view. Um, very uh, good text. It's the only binding text already that that exists today in uh, in uh, in the world um, at the regional level. I was think, I'm thinking, uh, and that is open to a third country uh, for ratification and signature and ratification. And uh, uh, this text is uh, is good because it's covering private. Uh, uh, company, so private processing, but also public processing, so processing by public bodies and by also uh, the intelligence community, uh, which is a, a subject that we have been working uh, a lot recently about uh, exchanging information uh, between police, justice, uh, 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 intelligence uh, services. So uh, it's the whole issue of 
access by governments uh, to, to, to data, not only data that are on their soil, but data that are on the foreign soil. It's a huge subject that, uh, again, we have been um, working a lot at EU level, at international level. So I hope that in 10 years' time, we will have a, 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 a global uh, instrument for data protection and not only uh, uh, European one, but a larger one uh, where we will also tackle these kind of issues that are uh, very important for uh, all the citizens in the world, not only the not only the European one. Yeah, no, look, I think, I think that's a great answer. And, and frankly, I think it's consistent with what we hear from enterprises. I think they would actually prefer uh, almost a global standard that they could adhere to. And similarly, I think for individuals, they want consistency, whether they're, they're in Paris or whether they're in London or whether they're in New York. I think people want a consistent framework. So, so hopefully, uh, to your point, uh, through this international cooperation over the next decade or so, we'll see more uniformity, more cooperation, and, um, and even better enforcement as we go through some of these corner cases um, for enforcement or, or even um, health. Um, so Florence, that, that was terrific. Um, really appreciate you joining us uh, from France. Um, you were an excellent guest. Uh, and I think this has been very, very interesting to our audience, just given the timing, the two year anniversary of GDPR. Clearly lots has been accomplished in a short amount of time. Lots more, more to go, and it sounds like uh, you and your team are working very diligently on that. So uh, I'd like to thank our audience uh, for joining us today. Um, I'd also like to uh, remind them to uh, please subscribe, uh, leave comments, preferably positive ones, uh, and uh, we will talk to everybody later. Thank you very much again.